Griffin here. None of these scenarios are based on any real-life events. Everything is made up entirely on the spot. Take it away, song! Hi. I'm Griffin. I'm Steve, and I'm Bones. And this is Killed to Death. The improvised true crime podcast. May you find it as rich as your coffers. Steve, you just got back from a... uh, Run that by me one more time. What's uh, a coffer? Oh, may you find it as rich as your coffers? Um... Well, first of all, the the first part is about the podcast, and I hope people find it as rich and deep mm-hmm. and as as, I'm gonna as, be as honest, full of value. It's just the last word that I'm looking for a clarification. So, there, I think the reason I'm stalling is because that's the word I'm also least familiar with. I believe it's like uh, used in medieval times, and it's a hole you put money in or something similar to it. In Game of Thrones, Spelling? they always talk about, "Oh, our coffers are empty." We have How no money. Our it? coffers, C O F F E R S. You're gonna get a lot of pictures of just holes dug in the ground full of money. Oh yeah, okay. A strong box or a small chest for holding valuables. Oh, well, I hope people find this podcast as rich as they do their coffers. Then, now, what Steve- if they don't have any money in their little strong boxes? They're not gonna like this show. Yes. Well, I guess what I'm kind of saying is I don't like the thought of poor people listening to Kill to Death. Right, 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 right. Yes, we do kind of divide by class and we do only take the richest of listeners. Speaking of, you were just at a uh, book reading. You knew the author and you went to a a reading. Very rich. I mean, (laughs) I don't know if this is the platform that she wants it promoted, but hey, if if you are listening to this and you're looking for an awesome uh, recent lit fic, book it's called the adult by Bronwyn fisher and it's a it's a wonderful read so go support her it was a wonderful read by her just now it was she read yeah she read some of the book and then it was yeah uh kind of talk like a q a after she nailed it um it was a great time this is why we were able to come up with such a good list of tips for a book reading if you are an author maybe it's your first reading what are some things to keep in mind? Mm-hmm. Steve, you just saw it in action. What was the number one thing that impressed you? The number one thing to remember is to don't have answers prepared in advance. Don't even think yeah. about a question that they might ask. Don't even think about the book you wrote. Really think about anything else because anything that seems too pre-rehearsed is just so inauthentic. You want to yeah. go in there having not had a thought for probably the last couple of days. You want to go in there a real blank slate and just So when someone like raises their hand and it's like, yeah, I've got a question. What's your book called? You can start the answer with, uh, 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 Well, at first you should be caught off guard. You should almost probably have forgotten at that point that you wrote a book because you would have wiped your memory so clean. You should be sitting in the audience with everyone else, like turning to the person next to you and being like, I hope the author comes out soon. (laughs) That would be a great way to, to start the launch. And then run up, <laughs> come up from the audience to the Rocky music. <laughs> yeah, I think so. With the right book, with the right book, maybe it's a book on the yeah, it's a geology textbook. Oh, oh, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> uh, not enough yeah. people do readings of their textbooks. 
<laughs> yeah. My, I, well, yeah, I had a friend who wrote a grade three math textbook, but I didn't go to that reading. Thought it'd be a bit boring. Well, yeah, you, I think, would get kicked out of the school very quick. <laughs> Much like the coffer, I don't really know what that meant. <laughs> well, you can't just show up to a grade three class and sit in and listen to the reading. No, no, my friend wrote the grade three textbook. Oh, oh, but I the think. reading was not in the classroom setting. No, they people wanted to know what their inspiration was. People wanted to know uh, how they wrote it, how Whoa. they thought of three plus four. You know, like where, that doesn't just come to you. Did that question come up tonight? Did someone ask the author how they wrote it? <laughs> yeah, a lot of people want to know because uh, think about how you type on your computer, and then think about. Yeah, and then imagine a book that you're reading in your hands. All of a sudden, it's not on a computer. It's got like a cover to it. It's got pictures sometimes. It's like, what happened in between? Yeah, things are fucked nowadays. What's your advice? That's the point you were making (laughs) to uh, aspiring authors who are gonna have to go through this. Um, I think that, and this is a strategy I remember a couple of. Uh, my teacher is using in school change the names of your characters to people who might be there at the reading do you know what I mean like how how in school people might like switch out names for like oh Josh went to this school and it's like oh Josh is in the story um what which story is this wait the teacher's doing this yeah teacher's doing this with like kids kids books uh to keep everyone engaged so for instance you might be at uh uh, uh, reading and be like, oh yeah, and the s- absolute slob in the first row with stains all over his orange shirt, who's looking at me now, lived at number four Privet Drive and was very normal. Thank you very much. You might read you're reading like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could <laughs> command F for that full <laughs> sentence. <laughs> it actually extends the book by a lot. Uh, I think that's great advice. People want to feel seen. The Dark Lord, guy in the back with a Nirvana hat. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think that's um, I think that's that's brilliant advice. Uh, and sometimes if it's a packed place, sw- swap swap them out part way. No one will notice. If you're kind of like, oh man, I'm only using like there's only like four main characters, then. Just start swapping them for new people partway yeah, through. Yeah, that's true. It makes it a bit harder to follow, but it's funny. Eh, it's not about that. They probably already read it anyway. It's more about people getting to hear their name and just getting excited in the moment. Also, I, I did make a blunder already, and I would like to apologize. Uh, I'm not that superstitious, but I know some listeners are. I should have said, he whose hat must not be mentioned. <laughs> All right, that's a good joke to end my tip. I was trying to think of a, of a Nirvana joke that doubled with that, but I, I couldn't do it. Smells like snake nose. Nope. <laughs> smells like the, smells like not much. Right? That's good. There's not much of a nose. Anyways. <laughs> One more tip uh, each? Yep. Final tip. Um, sometimes the mics, you know, the, the mic setup, uh, you're maybe not used to that. Maybe you're not always a public speaker when you're an author and you're coming into a new setting like that. You don't know where it's going to be. You don't know what the room is. I like that. I think the best option is to just shout. Yeah. Forget the technology. Remove all of that. Uh, and don't be seated. Really stand. Yeah. Open up your chest. Diaphragm. Project, you know. Uh, 
really get into answers. it with that slob in the first row. <laughs> yeah. And if they don't have a question, wait and stare at them until they do. They have the gall to show up. Are you ever so ready to shout? Yeah, I was about to shout. Well, scream and shout. But then you kept going, and at the same time, I realized I shouldn't. (laughs) That's the power of a good. uh, What's your tip? Um, And yeah, my final tip is uh, wardrobe. Um, And this is something like C.S. Lewis kind of pioneered. uh, Was he put a wardrobe in his books? Steve, would you like to solve a murder? Yes. The victim, Tony the Ron Samuels, found dead on a tailor's riser. Today's guest, MacGyver Thompson, tailor who found the Ron's body. MacGyver, hello. MacGyver Thompson. Ooh, wah. Wow, now this is, you're immediately Whoa. not how I picture a tailor. Yeah, I get that a lot. But look at me. I've got long fingers. Good for tailoring. <laughs> that, that's true. That's true. You got to get in there. These, Your fingers are insane. I hope that's not rude to say. Nope. They've been called worse. <laughs> but what is the worst built... thing they've been called? <laughs> they, they, they've been called? They've been called freakazoid. They've been called nasty. They've been called, they've been called straight up unappealing. But guess what? I built my empire on these bad boys. You know what's special about these here fingers? They're long. They're very long. And they have so (laughs) many joints. More than the regular number of knuckles? (laughs) Each joint is exactly one inch apart. And there's 12 of them. So you have foot-long fingers. I have foot-long fingers. Ten of them. Great for the tailoring business. Yeah, now I, my next question was going to be, how does finger length help you in tailoring? If anything, that would be a hindrance with the scissors and the, the sewing and whatnot, no? I do that with my feet. Listen, ta- tailoring is all about speed. The speed that I get to measure someone is directly correlated to how many times they're going to come back to me to measure something else, while other tailors are busy grabbing their tapes. You I've got, got my tapes fingers. right here. Yeah, you've got to get them in and out fingers. so they can come back sooner for more <laughs> measurements. Exactly. I've got to line out the door. Volume, volume, volume. It's a volume business. And as soon as someone's measured, it's right back to the end of the line so they can line up to get measured again. Exactly. The fabric I also sell, I also sell fabric, grows like fingernails. Whoa. Is that your own creation, or have you? Did you find this somewhere else? I found it in the jungle. So it grows naturally, or someone else had had made this somewhere in a jungle, and you you got their sort of recipe for this. It's all a fever dream, if I'm being honest. Oh, but I went. In, mm. Mm, I went into a cave. You see, I was in a jungle, and I went into a cave, and I came out with the bounties. Of my, uh, the, the riches, with the, I came out with a bunch of fabric and that fabric has lasted me a very long time. I don't even need multiple sheets of it because I make you a suit. Gross. Gross. No, it grows. You were saying it grows. So, I mean, you don't need to. It grows. Buy more. Exactly. Or find it in the cave. (laughs) Hmm. 
the fabric you found in a magic cave during a fever dream, it just keeps expanding. Like, so you bring it back to your shop and you'll cut off a piece and it just kind of grows back starfish style. Let me paint you a picture, Griffin. Please. You come to me. You need a suit. I make you a suit. I measure that suit. It's perfectly tailored. And I do it <laughs> real quick. All of a sudden, you're walking out. I bet you're feeling pretty good about yourself. I've got the perfectly fitted suit for my niece's bat mitzvah. It's next week. Boy, oh boy, I'm glad he worked quick. A week later, you find this suit. It's grown. Approximately the length of fingernail grows in a week. Okay. Oh. You don't think it's an issue. It's it's barely noticeable. Yeah, honestly, after one week, good observation on my end. I've you've been wearing this suit. Also, you've been wearing this suit a lot if you're able to notice that. I feel like you've been wearing this every day. It's girl. my niece's bat mitzvah. It's a big special occasion. Yeah, I hear, so I hear it's a wear multi-day it day. celebration. <laughs> oh, and I see. It's it's a multi-day, and, and Griff, it's such a nice suit that he wears it to all the functions. Yeah, I sit shiva for my niece's bat mitzvah. Exactly. But this this is how I this is how I built my riches. All of a sudden you have a perfect suit, all these other tailors. That's one customer that's never gonna come back. But you the pants are growing, the sleeves are growing. All of a sudden, after a few months, you're gonna need that thing tailored again. And I'm okay. gonna have you in and out so quick you don't even know what happened. Now, th this almost seems like a scam to me. So you're selling people fabric that will seem perfectly tailored, but after time, the suit will grow to the point they have to come back to you. Are you with the cops? No, 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 we're not. No, we're, we're not just cops. guys. Are we're you dudes. with the cops? No, we're not with the cops. No, no. Why are you asking me cop questions? Because I look like a cop. I guess we do a murder-solving podcast. I don't really know. I guess... Does kind of seem like we might be involved with them, but no. All right, all right. Anyway, that's also, how I built my riches. Me, could, this MacGyver Thompson. A... Ooh, wow, pleasure to measure. <laughs> I like the order you did things in in that scenario, where you made a suit and then decided to measure it, and it just happened to be perfectly tailored to me. It's all about the experience. Oh. People don't buy a product, they buy a feeling, an experience. Has anyone ever come in giving you a feeling and then you have to decide what to give them? Uh, say that one more time. Like if, if someone comes in and they're saying, I'm feeling, uh, I'm feeling uh, frustrated, well, what kind of uh, outfit would you uh, recommend for them? Oh my, I'm so glad you asked. Someone walks into my shop, they say they're frustrated. The first thing I do, I grab them with my long, long fingers. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, it's pleasure fine. to measure. <laughs> pleasure to measure, baby. I sit them down. I have a barker lounger. Think of the massage you could get from 10 12 inch long fingers. So you're massaging this person, this frustrated person who's walked in. <laughs> If they're frustrated, <laughs> lots of different like the things. First half of a slogan, but it's just, it's just the first half. If, hey, they're, frustrated, if they're frustrated, 
After this man has been massaged for about 12 to 29 minutes, I bring him up out of that barking lounger and I put him up on my riser and get him to have a good look at himself. Whoa. Yeah, what's a riser? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. You ever been in a tailor's office that's in the back of a warehouse? No. Or any tailor's office. Mine just happens then to yes. be in the back of a warehouse. Great. You stand up on a platform. That platform is risen above the general uh, height of the floor. Right, To make right, you right. feel special. That, that right there. Yes, to make you feel special. I have a question. Why were you in the jungle in the first place? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> For the listeners, the biggest sunglasses I've ever seen also should note. Oh, they're probably yeah. made of that material. That's true. Are, you, mm. are these glasses ever expanding? I mean, they they go so far past the edges of your head. Mm, they started out as tiny little spectacles. <laughs> and now they're big, 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 basically windshields. Anyway, I was in the jungle. I was in many a jungle. I have a long history. <laughs> you know, that, that, that doesn't quite answer why. <laughs> Didn't you hear? He has a long history. I have a long history. You two ready to hear about it? You two boys ready to hear about it? We're ready. This is a man's history. We're ready, sir. Right. Yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> don't say it like that, Stephen. <laughs> um, go ahead. Now, whenever you're ready, you, sir. You asked me who I was, and I said it's me, MacGyver Thompson. Ooh. And you asked me who I was because you probably don't know who I am. But the truth is, I've got a long history. Involvement with... (laughs) Involvement with many governments. I have worked... Yeah, that's right. I have a long and diverse history. My resume is absolutely buck wild. I have worked for CSIS, the CIA, MI6... MI3 when I wanted a break from the intensity. And many other Secret Service governments doing all sorts of bidding. So it wasn't just tailor work? I do imagine them to be some of the most suited guys I can picture. Mm, But you're saying you're doing other tasks as well? Tailoring, tailoring, tailoring used to be the side hustle, you know? It is a gig economy. But my love for the fabric and my pleasure to measure made me say goodbye to the world of, of funder, funding guerrilla warfare and, and uh, coops and, uh, and, coops. And, making sh- and making sure, <laughs> you know, a coupe de grat. I do. Uh, a coupe de tat. A coupe de tat, as they say. And, and so, you were, your job was funding. Oh, like an funding. Account? <laughs> or were you just rich? <laughs> I balanced the books. I had to make sure mm. that, you know, assets and liabilities equal expenses, what have you, what not. We need more mm-hmm. mola for the coop. I don't understand what that means. But you, and was it the uh, discovery of this uh, ever-growing fabric then? Is that what what kind of ended the other career like was that the big turning point well as i said i was in a fever dream in the jungle reminiscing over my life and all the pain i've caused to hundreds of millions of people 
So you went there as kind of like a, a, a trip to, mm. to rethink your life. Exactly. The amount of pain I was under is unfathomable to the average person. Haunted by hundreds of millions of ghosts, they tickle me in my sleep because they know I hate to be tickled. Ironically, I'm very good at tickling because because of my very long fingers. Now let's talk a little bit about Tony the Ron Samuels. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, you're going to hate the rest of the show then. (laughs) Oh, my dear sweet Uh boy. Oh, Tony, Tony, Tony. Oh, Ron, Ron, Ron. Oh, Sam, 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 Samuels. Oh, that poor boy. Gone too soon. Wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah. Uh, How old was he? It was, it was like 74. I uh, arguably a little too soon or just right. We're getting into just right territory. No, Tony, Tony was going to live forever. Oh, he is that the, the plan? coolest kid on the block. Oh, really? Yeah. So you knew him since you guys were kids or um, yeah. What, what, what's your history with him? Was it a long, long one? Yo, I have Steve, a Steve, I'm so glad you asked. History. I'm so, so, so glad you asked, Steve. I have a very cool, long history. You might think <laughs> you know everything about me now that you know that I'm a master tailor with a pleasure to measure and that I have, I have been behind the curtain with geopolitical conflicts for the past 50 years and I'm basically the architect of the Cold War. But that's not even the tip of the iceberg. I also had a fun group that I grew up with and we <laughs> solved murders. <laughs> solved murders, drank soda pop, and and just went on all kind of wild adventures. Wow. And he was yeah. part of this group? Oh, no, no. He didn't want anything to do with us. <laughs> but you did know him. He... He, he was, was the oh, coolest kid on the block. He, he was too cool for for your group, he, or he thought so. He was he was too cool for the coolest kids on the block. Wow! It was a shame. We tried to poach him. We tried to poach him, but uh, he just said, "No, no, no! I'm gonna drink some soda pop." And then he would flick off a, a bottle cap with one finger and drink that soda pop in two to three gulps, let out the biggest belch you ever heard, and then he took my girlfriend. (laughs) Because of that move? The finest man I ever knew. The finest man I ever knew. Now, did he stay in your life through all these years, or did you reconnect uh, as a tailor? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, he, he, if you asked him, he was never in my life. But if you ask me, he was an ever-present being. The, 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 the truth is, everything I did in my career of damaging hundreds of millions of people's of lives, uh, it was all to get the attention and maybe even the respect of Tony, the Ron Samuels. Was he still wow. with your former girlfriend? Oh. He went through girlfriends like I go through customers. And they <laughs> so always come where back they for more. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yes, they always come back for more. And uh, just like my fabric, they're a little bit bigger. But that's because people grow. 
Does this mean you're also mid 70s? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is hard to tell with those giant sunglasses. Those they two cover, they cover, yeah, they cover most of your face. Uh, well, I'll say it. All of it. Mm. Little nose poking out of the middle. Mm. I'm trying to break into high fashion. Balenciaga said no. Uh, Mason Margiela said no. Uh, Gucci said no. And Louis what? Vuitton said maybe. And, uh, what does <laughs> and that Joe look like? Fresh. You're pitching? Like, what does that mean? They say no. You, do, do you have, uh, you know, your own designs? That is that what you're trying to sell to them? No, I just figure I can wear their stuff. Oh, you just want to wear that? You're allowed. And you've got a no from a lot of people and a maybe from Louis Vuitton. I walk into their store and they say, oh, get out of here. (laughs) Something about my general demeanor. What had Tony the Ron Samuels been in for? What kind of fitting was he getting? Oh, he had the coolest outfit I'd ever seen. The first customer who didn't want me to make something for them came with their own clothes. Oh. Can you believe it? Uh, yeah, I think that's pretty regular at a tailor. Uh, what? It is? Well, I guess at a tailor that doesn't have these ever-growing outfits. That is unique to you, as far as I know. Thank you for saying that. It's nice to be appreciated. So he came in with his own clothing that he just wanted you to fit to him better? He came in with his own clothing. Sweatpants, sweatshirt, t-shirts, t-pants. He was wearing t-pants. <laughs> yep, pants designed by T-Pain. <laughs> Whoa. He was the coolest cat around. He had access to designers that some of us didn't even know existed. Sure, we know T-Pain from hit songs like Buy You a Drink, but who knew he made tea pants? (laughs) So he comes in, and uh, I guess you put him up on the riser. Oh, I put him way up on the riser to make him feel good. But the truth is, he didn't need to feel good. He's been feeling good all his life. This is the first time someone ever refused a rise onto the riser. Wow. He said no. I was thrown for a loop the moment he walked in through that door. The first thing I usually do when a customer walks through that door is I go, tickle, tickle, tickle. I grab (laughs) them. I grab them and I say, tickle, tickle, tickle. And most of them. if they're frustrated, they do get a massage. (laughs) And if they're frustrated. (laughs) You know what they say. But in this case, he came in. Uh, confident as anything, didn't even need the riser. So what was the scenario where you were, uh, you know, when was he left alone? Did you have to go grab something? Like, Like when could this have taken place? I'll be honest. The confidence I saw in that man's eyes, the same confidence that took my girlfriend decades prior. He was coming in drinking a soda? (laughs) He was coming in drinking a... (laughs) Slapped his belly. A real cool soda pop. Uh, that's also what they used to call him on the streets. The streets of Queens that we grew up in. Oh, they didn't call him The Ron? (laughs) That, that came later. Uh, (laughs) Gotta find the origins of that name. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, we do, and it will come. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, gentlemen, I'll tell you what. The confidence of that man's eyes, the same confidence that took my girlfriend all those years ago, it made me transport myself into the same little MacGyver all those years ago. And I didn't like it. So you left the room? Balling. Balling my eyes out, flailing my fingers all flaccid like in the air, going wah, wah, wah. <laughs> oh, like holding your arms up above your head, running like that? Exactly. My feet were prancing directly forward to get myself out of that room. A <laughs> Great way to walk. Yeah, you know how you run. Yeah, feet forward. Feet forward. And how long does it take for you to come back into the room? Uh, my average cry on a regular Tuesday, usually 17 to 36 minutes. This one, a little bit of a special one. I let myself really have it. So a bit I was gone so? two hours and 37 minutes. Wow. Wow. Okay. So it was sometime in those two hours and 37 minutes he was killed. Uh, just very quickly, what, what was the scene upon returning to that room? My God. Honestly, I've seen a lot. Like I said, MacGyver Thompson, big life. I've seen dead. I've I've seen dead cool guys. I've seen dead lame guys. I've seen I've seen dead dead average Joes. I've seen dead guys who who used to be gifted as kids but then didn't quite reach that potential in their grown life. I've seen all kinds of dead people. But this one this was different because there's only one Tony the Ron Samuels. And so was he cool even in death? He was cool even in death! How? I don't get it. Sorry, I'm losing my cool. I'm losing my cool. No, oh, that, that, that's okay. Did, did he have any sign of injury? Oh, blunt force trauma to the head. But guess what? The cut, it was shaped like a peace sign. Whoa, wow, cool. cool. Yeah, his wow. signature peace sign. His signature peace sign. When he left with your girlfriend, when he took her right out of your arms, he would always look at you and go, peace be with you, brother. Someone got him with his own sign. Yeah, someone got him with his own sign. Most people don't know this, but he's the inventor of the peace sign. What we're going to do is take a quick break. And when we come back, hopefully we can figure out who punched him so hard in the head with a peace sign that he died. Godspeed. Godspeed. Just doing some vocal exercises. It's, yeah, it's good to have, like, a grounding <laughs> phrase or mantra for your characters, uh, such as, ooh <laughs> MacGyver Thompson, ooh-wah! <laughs> uh, let's so do it! fucking tough! <laughs> Woo! All right. <clears throat> and we are back on Killed to Death, and so far, I hope this episode is as rich as your coffers. Uh, I'm still here with Steve Bones Cook. Uh-huh. Speaking of uh, nicknames, do you want to... Oh, sorry. Yep. What do I want to what? Well, we were talking about the origin of the Ron, how we're going to get to that. Do you want to talk about the origin of Bones at all? 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, it's because I broke my bone uh, when I was uh, eight. Yeah, what were you doing? Playing touch football. Mm. Somebody fell and in it. You fell on the bone. Yeah, and broke it. And then people called you bones because of that. Yeah. Cruel. All right. We're also still here with MacGyver Thompson, the tailor. Now, MacGyver Thompson. Ooh. <laughs> um, now, <laughs> MacGyver, you've had a long history. Uh, you grew up as a child uh, on the streets of, I, did you say it was Queens? Born and raised in Scarborough, but transferred to Queens. Oh, you transferred to Queens. <laughs> Transferred to Queens, my parents wanted nothing to do with me. So they sent you to Queens, you became one of the coolest kids on the block, yet you and your friends still couldn't befriend the coolest of them all, Tony the Ron Samuels. You tried to poach him, he wouldn't come. In fact, he not only drank pop and burped, but he stole your girlfriend. Then years pass, you start working with Various intelligence agencies like uh, MI6, MI3 when you didn't want something so intense, the CIA, etc. You would do some tailoring, but that was more of a side hustle. Uh, In the meantime, you were an accountant who helped fund various coops all across the globe. It meant you were in the jungles a lot, and it was one of these jungles where you had a fever dream, overcome with the guilt of orchestrating all these coops. You walk in, and you walk out somehow with a pile of very interesting fabric it expands constantly at the rate of about a fingernail a year it's always growing and that's how you were able to make tailoring your full-time passion is you will craft suits and accessories out of this material that you've brought back with you people will have it perfectly tailored but a couple weeks later they find that their suit now no longer fits because it's kept growing this means you always have a line out your door of always rotating customers and it was in this line that you recently reconnected with tony the ron samuels he walks back in with so much confidence with sweatpants sweatshirts t-shirts t-pants t-pains designer pants that you can't help but run out of the room arms in the air long fingers flaccid bawling your eyes out for about two and a half hours at which point you come back and tony the ron is dead right where you left him with his signature move the peace sign punched into his head so hard that it caused blunt force trauma and he died It is really cool to have concrete evidence that you're being listened to. Thank you for that, Griffin. An apt, apt recap. That one felt good. That one felt efficient. Very efficient. One thing I forgot to mention, I also haven't paid my taxes. Ever? Are you supposed... Like, yeah. Are you supposed to ever? Yes. (laughs) I thought it was optional. All right. You worked for so many governments. And they know what I know. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So they also don't know about paying taxes. (laughs) They know what I found out. They wouldn't dare cross me. Oh, you've got uh, blackmail on everyone. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I did did forget to mention 
in the recap that you were the primary architect of the Cold War. <laughs> That's right. Kissinger ain't got nothing on me. MacGyver Thompson. Ooh. And now, the time's come, I gotta know. Tony used to have the nickname of Sody Pop, and at some point it switched to the Ron. What is the story? Well, Tony used to be called the Sody Pop because he used to do his signature peace sign move by flicking off a Sody Pop bottle cap with his two fingers. Oh, and then into a peace sign. Into a that peace sign. Cool. That's a cool move. That is a cool move, actually, yeah. Don't encourage it. I'm going to start crying again. But yes, he would do that, and then people would start to do it too. And then all of a sudden, it's the 60s, and they call it the peace sign. So what? But then, but then. Oh, so what? <laughs> peace schmeats. They call it a peace sign. So, so, so what? what? <laughs> Whatever. But then. <laughs> <laughs> but then in comes the 90s. A little lass by the name of J.K. Rowling writes a little book. Harry Potter. Heard of it? Uh, I know it as gross guy in the front row, but yeah, same thing. Ah, a nice callback. Thank you. That's right. I was listening. Now, yeah, it's nice to have concrete nice to... evidence. <laughs> ah, I like you guys. Want to hang out after? Sure. Yeah, all right. Sick. Amazing. So sorry, J.K. Rowling comes along. <laughs> right, right. J.K. Rowling comes along, writes a little book, a little, a little, little novella called Harry Potter. In there, there's a character named Ron, and we realize he looks just everybody's collective imagination of what he looks like looks just like Tony. And no, so, so you're telling me this whole time this really cool guy looks exactly like everyone's average Ron Weasley? <laughs> exactly. As you can imagine, the movies hadn't come out yet. Can you imagine how rare it is to have everybody just imagine a character that only exists on paper in their minds and then they all see Tony and they're like, you look just like my imaginary picture of Ron. <laughs> he was a, basically a celebrity from the book. Exactly. So anyway, that's, that's, that's how it came about. So does Rupert Grint, does the movie Ron Weasley look like how Tony did? Did they nail the casting? They did not. That mm. little shit has nothing on Tony. So in the book, there's some discrepancies. There's some other qualifiers. Je ne sais quoi, perhaps. Je ne sais quoi. Joie de vivre. <laughs> Play ball. What? Anyway. <laughs> so you Whatever. find him dead. Are there customers in the store at this time? I scared them all away. They saw me crying in the lobby. Wait, you went to the lobby to cry? As I mentioned earlier, my tailoring room is in the back of a warehouse. That's I make right, everybody man. line up at the front of the warehouse. In between where they line up and where the tailor is, is the main body of the warehouse. And yeah. that's where they make goldfish crackers. So you're making a huge lineup of people waiting to get their suits done up and down this goldfish factory. Exactly. That's the a dangerous environment. It is. We've lost a few. But hey. When you, when you got a bat mitzvah and you got someone with a pleasure to measure. 
You know? Oh, that's <laughs> okay. funny. I thought you cut out, but then I remembered the bit. Mm. Anyway, oh, no, you cut it. out. No, I think you did cut out. No, no, no. No, no, no. I don't <laughs> no, no, finish no, the things the thing. I say. I don't finish the things I say. Well, so, we'll only know listening back. <laughs> exactly. Now, everybody was scared off. They saw me crying. They saw me turn on the dark night. And I, uh, and I tried to watch it to distract myself from crying. In it's the Goldfish Factory? Movie. Or in, in the, the Goldfish Factory. Okay. Yeah, in the Goldfish Factory. On your phone? And like, how are you watching this? I have an iPad mini. Okay, awesome. So you you ran out crying into the Goldfish Factory. You start watching The Dark Knight, and then everyone panics and freaks out and runs out. They said it was a very disturbing image. I guess, yeah, your long fingers wrapped around an iPad mini is uh, is terrifying. <laughs> I guess uh, the movie didn't have much to do with it. Who the heck is that? I'm going to click hello and, and find out. Uh, hello? Hello. Oh, it hello. is I. Christopher I you. Hoot. Christopher Mr. Hoot. Now, I, I don't recognize that name. You know me from my oh. radio dramas. I couldn't name a single radio drama, Mr. Hoot. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Sorry, man. I've dedicated my whole life to this. What what kind of radio dramas do you do? Well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Clearly. Sorry, I don't, I don't mean to get worked up. <clears throat> well, okay. Well, perhaps you, sir. You know me. Double-breasted. Uh, chocolate brown. <laughs> uh, Absolutely. Uh, duckies on a tie. Absolutely. My You've signature come- look. A brown suit with ducks on your tie? Double-breasted. It's the radio. Nobody can see it. <laughs> but I I feel more confident than ever in that suit. And uh, this gentleman here, I don't know if he's told you, he runs a business where the suits keep growing. Oh, so you know this. Oh, yes. This is the suit that I wore to my graduation in grade 8. And I've never felt more confident than on that day. But with his material, I've been able to wear that suit and continue wearing that suit for the rest of my life. Oh, no. He grew at the same rate the suit was growing. Oh, no. (laughs) Well, not anymore. That's not. I've stopped growing, and ever since then, as you know, I come to you, and you need to shorten the tie and uh, uh, shrink the double breasts and slide up those cuffs. Oh, I could do that for and you do. a price. Marvelously. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's how the business him. works. That's the business. Yeah, and in that lies the business. <laughs> exactly. The brilliance of this business is I pay him money for this. That's right. I make over $80,000 a year. Honestly? I'm cool. rich. Thanks. It's It's a comfortable life. Now, so Christopher, you are one of the people who has to line up through the goldfish factory. Yes, yes. I don't mind at all. I'm a fan. How long is the wait normally? I'd like to see how the fish gets made. The wait is <laughs> two and a half, three days normally. <laughs> Do you bring, like, gear with you? <laughs> gear with me? Is that what you said? Yeah, like camping gear. 
Oh, I thought you meant gear for my radio dramas. Do you bring gear for your radio dramas with you? I'm glad you asked. I do. <laughs> it's a loud factory, but it, uh, luckily if there's anything that needs to be recorded and, and that's the atmosphere, it's the perfect place to do it. So Some a of these... lot of your dramas are set in like a noisy factory. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of been it more recently, yeah. Because two or three days a week I'm standing there in the factory, so I'd like to set a lot of them in a factory now. Oh, you, so you go, right, because I guess you go back to him every week and you have to wait two mm-hmm. to three days. That's a tough life. Mm-hmm. It's not so bad. He brings out uh, iPad minis, hands them around to everyone. You can choose what you want to watch, but you have to sign into your own account. And you have to remember to sign out when you leave, otherwise people are watching stuff on your Disney+. Plus. Mm. Sometimes, sometimes it's my Disney+, Plus that's logged in, and people watch on my account. My algorithm gets all messed up. Oh, no. Sometimes they're watching a show that I'm watching, and I lose my place. It's chaos. That's why I like to use my own. There's a great streaming app called... Uh, soundscape and it's all radio dramas you simply must subscribe what is your most popular radio drama the best one i've ever done actually a bit more recently it takes place in a factory it's called factory reset it is about he likes this yeah i like that so far don't lose me (laughs) (laughs) it is about a factory that creates dolls mannequins lifelike as humanoid as they could be but what happens when they become a little too lifelike okay honestly on board it's not bad this week i'll put it in my queues you listen to soundscapes oh i've been a subscriber for i've been Uh, a subscriber for for 20 years i should have known you're a good man macgyver Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Well, do you know about his past? He has or a I long guess MacGyver, history. I don't know if you want me to bring that up or not. <coughs> oh, I know about his past. Oh, snap. Oh, You can boy. Google you. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. <laughs> it's all right. It's you all right. You didn't know about Googling you? What is that? My iPad minis don't have internet access, except for, for Disney+. Disney+. Plus. Plus. It's the only thing that's available. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's uh, that's it. I don't I don't mind a hoot because here's the thing. Nobody has this fabric out there. And this is my most favorite suit. I do my best work in it and I need to have it properly fitted. So I can't go anywhere else. And now we've become actually quite close friends. MacGyver. You see, this is how the world works. Doesn't matter how much evil someone's capable of doing or has done until they got something you need. When you really want it, you'll look past anything. Ooh, the world's a dark place. Can I use that for a radio drama? It would be my genuine pleasure. Let me just write that down. The world is a dark place. Has that been done? (laughs) Nope, think it's a complete original. I like that. An original thought. I'm a deep guy. I also won a a lawsuit against Subway Sandwich because of this man. I said, there's no way this is a foot-long sub. 
And luckily, who was in line behind me but Bagiver Thompson? Ooh-wah, You lay one of those fingers next to the sub, and look at that. Not a foot-long sub. And you won the lawsuit right there in the restaurant? Sued on the spot. Luckily, the third guy in line was a judge. A judge, yes, exactly. Exactly. He banged a bag of Miss Vicky's chips. Knocked it all out at the sandwich toppings. Yes, exactly. And I won $30 million. And then we all jumped and high-fived. Yes. It was a beautiful day. That's actually the day I met MacGyver Thompson. I was wearing a very tight suit from my grade 8 grad. <laughs> oh, I thought you already had gra- the suit for your grade 8 grad because it could oh, yeah. 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 Yes. 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 Mistaken. Just hadn't seen me in a while. Yes. <laughs> That's how you reconnected. Didn't reco- yeah. Didn't yes. recognize me. Didn't recognize me. No. Until I of- saw those fingies. Reconnecting with people, Chris Hoot, were you there in line uh, the day that you saw uh, a very confident-looking man in T-Pain pants as well as you in line? And then also, did you see MacGyver Thompson run out crying watching The Dark Knight? I saw both those things. And it was something about that first scene with the Joker showing up at a bank, and I got so scared and I ran out of there. Oh, so it really was about The Dark Knight. Oh, yeah, I know MacGyver. I've seen his hands. Clench an iPad mini before. That's no big deal. And I've also seen... It's really nice to know when someone feels comfortable with who you are. And uncomfortable with the presence of the Joker. (laughs) I didn't know which one was the Joker. And then the bus pulled up. And then the bus pulled up. Ooh. No... In that two and a half hours that he was out there watching The Dark Knight, I guess you left pretty quickly. But did you notice any other customer enter that back room of the warehouse? Oh, yeah. Well, I noticed one who didn't leave the factory. Oh, they were brave enough for The Dark Knight. Not only were they brave enough for The Dark Knight, they said, you don't mind if I use the washroom, do you? Commas could be. To you? Why were they asking you? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I actually run the washroom. (laughs) Also, I was too busy crying and farting. I was on my back, legs flailing in the air, going wah, wah, wah. Watching the dark night. (laughs) Yeah, it was much like a little baby with an iPad, but watching the dark night and farting. We don't have to get and into so, the fact that I run the bathroom, yeah, but I do. And so the uh, the guy asked you if he could use the washroom. Because, <laughs> yes, because not I only do you run them, but also because MacGyver was on the floor farting. <laughs> yes, exactly. Now, this was a customer I believe you know, MacGyver. Maybe, I, maybe you'd recognize him by his outfit that he needs constantly tailored. He Let's wears... see it at the same time. Yeah, sure. <laughs> this is going right. to be so easy. Yeah, for the listener, we've been doing this without a video feed from our guest. <laughs> well, here, I'll, g- I'll give an item and then you give an item and together we'll sure. form his outfit. He I wears... think that sounds like a great fun idea. I agree. He wears Little Wayne shorts. Yes, and he wears a Chris Stapleton polo shirts. And a cowboy hat. Designed by Miley Cyrus's little brother. That's right. 
and he also wears a watch made of fabric. Fabric that grows. That's right. It's all made of your incredible growing fabric. You know who I'm talking about? I've only made a fabric watch for one customer my entire career. Did he have shorts and a cowboy hat? Uh, he may have bought those later. Oh, okay. <laughs> Who was it? It was an old colleague from my mm-hmm. days in the in the secret services of the Western world. Whoa. You may know him oh. by his code name, Double O Seven. That's right. This was James Bond. Oh my or god. The, the man who the character is based on. Right. Every the real well, James When the Bond. books came out, the kind of guy we all uh, imagined the average James Bond to be. <laughs> exactly. When you think of James exactly. Bond and don't think of the movies, they got it all. The casting is all wrong. Yeah, no joie de vivre or je ne sais quoi. The real James Bond wears a cowboy hat and shorts. <laughs> <laughs> and a polo shirt. That's right. <laughs> wow did you know he was there this day are you asking me yes not the guy no. who saw him <laughs> oh that makes sense i didn't know he was there that day i was too busy crying and farting and wonder wondering why t-pain doesn't call them t-paints he calls them right. t-shirts it's a perfect name yeah it was right there but hey, I thought he called them tea pants. He should have. Uh, he does. Oh, but he should have yeah. called them tea paints, right? Exactly. Call them tea paints. I guess it's right, not that right. big of a difference, and maybe tea pants no, rolls off the tongue better. Pretty sure, yeah. But I was crying about it nonetheless. From what you know of MacGyver, does 007 Ian Fleming's James Bond, does he have any connection whatsoever to Tony the Ron Samuels? The whole British persona only came about in the movies. Ian Fleming's original character of 007 was born in Queens, New York. Wow. Whoa. Whoa, is Was he part of your group as a kid? <sighs> Really digging into the past. The part of my past that you can't Google. You see, I've had a long history. Oh. And and part of my group, part of this ragtag group of hoodlums, well, we all went on to make history. We had James Bond, 007. We had Gandalf the Grey. We had... <laughs> Tony Samuels, of course. <laughs> we, no, they couldn't get him. We, no, <laughs> we couldn't Tony. get him. We couldn't get him. <laughs> it was just James Bond. It was Gandalf the Grey. Gandalf the Grey. And it was the original Willy Wonka, as well as me, MacGyver Thompson, architect of the Cold War. Ooh. But you're honestly, your career has still kind of been dwarfed by that of your peers. <laughs> Not again! (laughs) Sorry, sorry. That is rude to say. After everything I've been through. Was his girlfriend also stolen by Tony? Oh, she was stolen, all right. By, By Tony's signature move. He 
grabs the girlfriend. He grabs a soda pop. He flicks his two fingers. The bottle cap of the soda pop flips off. But this time, something special happens. Uh, the girl, the girl, the girl immediately <laughs> orgasmed. In front of everybody on the Queen Street. special. That is so special. That's right. Tony, Tony flicked his signature peace sign, and 007's girlfriend immediately orgasmed in front of everybody on that Queen's block. As soon as she was done, 12 minutes later, she said, again, again, and, and uh, Tony the Ron Samuels picked her up and pranced on to his two-bedroom apartment. <laughs> so it sounds like, in the same way you were wronged and you have a deep history. Mm -hmm. It sounds like so did 007. Probably so did the original Willy Wonka. Exactly. Probably so did Gandalf the Grey. But the only one of you who had a license to kill and could do something about it would have been 007. Correct. That's true. You just weren't qualified. We weren't qualified. Willy Wonka, <laughs> despite all those children dying in the factory, doesn't have a license to kill. Doesn't have a license to go. We all deal with our traumas in different ways. What that does mean is he's allowed. I guess no oh, yeah. crime was committed. The only crime was what he did in that bathroom I own. Oh, no. Did 007 take a big poo? More like 002. 002. Yeah. I like you guys. You want to <laughs> hang out after? Yes, we said yes. <laughs> Just checking. Yes, but I will. A lot of people change their minds on me the more they learn about me. This is who I am. Take it or leave it. And that wraps up another successful episode of Killed to Death. It was uh, someone finally doing something about a life of regrets, but they were doing it because they were qualified and had the license to do so. A happy ending. Okay. Uh, nice. Yeah. Rock on. Like if you it. have a suggestion for a murder, you can email killedtodeathpodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to have a gas online, that's killedtodeathpodcast on Instagram, Pod on Twitter, uh, or make your own uh, Killed to Death Snapchat account. We don't have one of those. Make your own. Any, honestly, anything else. You Try and snag the Killed to Death threads before we decide to get on threads. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you could do that, though. Isn't it tied to your Instagram? I don't know how Threads works. Look at me. Okay. Uh, Steve. Speaking of Threads, uh, Phantom Thread is a movie, and uh, we talk about movies on a little show called Griffin and Steve Guess the Movie. A few new ones have just been recorded, so watch out. It's, uh, it's on Sonar Plus, so if you're an Apple Podcast listener, go check it out there, and you can hear us play a movie guessing game, and you can play along at home. We'll allow it. I got... I I got drunk enough our last recording session that I don't really remember the like last two episodes. So if that appeals to you as a listener, you spend money. You still did better than me in the game. <laughs> you got too don't, down on yourself. No, it's not about per game performance. It's I know it's not, but don't say that you were also on top of <laughs> beating me or uh, outperforming. Don't say you were also drunk. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> At one point, at one point, I'm pretty sure you can hear me go, oh, no, my headphones fell off. <laughs> you also wore them when you didn't need them. Yeah, and I don't like wearing them. It was a good thing. I told you, you didn't need them until the audio played. It's Anyways, 
this trust is us, what you're missing despite out that, on. It's a good show. Don't listen to any of that. It's a very good show. It's uh, it's a very fun time. And if you like movies, you'll like it even more. Uh, we're going to turn now to our guest, MacGyver Thompson. MacGyver, what do you want people to check out? Oh, so many things. Me, MacGyver Thompson, I've got a long history and I've got a long list of recommendations. Ooh, wah, ooh, wah, ooh, wah. Number one. <laughs> Christopher Nolan, 2008, drops a little gem of a film called The Dark Knight, currently playing on iPad minis everywhere. (laughs) Number two, my good friend, Timothy Chalamet. He's starring in a Willy Wonka film called Willy Wonka. I encourage you to see it. Oh, it's about his origins. Would that mean someone's playing you in that? Yeah, oh. but they lack the joie de vivre and je ne sais quoi. Quoi, quoi, quoi. And, uh, Is there anything on your list for fans of Toronto comedy? Ooh, wow, so many of my customers are Toronto comedians. And uh, if you're a fan of Toronto comedy, you can check out a fun show called Run It. It's an improvised movie. That's going to be playing at Comedy Bar West on January the 11th, 8 p.m. Cabaret Space. Hey, where do you guys want to hang out after this? Uh, I guess the Goldfish Factory. Sounds good. I've got a connection. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. (laughs) MacGyver Thompson. Yeah, you know the guy who runs the bathrooms. (laughs) (laughs) Pleasure to measure. Uh, and I want to say, uh, from all of us here on Kill to Death, when you're stranded in the jungle. You know, when you're stranded in the jungle. Kill to Death is produced and recorded by Steve Cook and Griffin Toplitsky and is a proud part of the Sonar Network. Music by Zach Aaron. Art by Mary Jane Schumer. Special thanks to Mike Mangiardi, Katie Lure, and Tom Shank. Please follow and like Kill to Death wherever you can so the boys know how to value their worth as human beings. has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. 